You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Why do so many of our favorite fandoms use hell to propel their stories? And can we learn anything about the human condition from how we imagine hell? Hey guys, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the priest to the geeks. This is one of our one-shot episodes. We're all taking one topic and going to talk about it from various perspectives in our favorite fandoms. And we're not going to do a lot of our intro stuff because we don't want to take forever. We want to get to the meat of it. Um, since this is one shot, it is going to be a little bit of a longer episode. So buckle up if you're watching or listening. I'm Joshua Knoll with a few different co-hosts today. Some others might join along the way. We'll see. But I'm here with Christian Ashley, Elizabeth Clyde Penglingen, uh, Chill Will from Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about hell. <laughs> so get ready I forgot actually now hearing that noise reminded me I forgot to mention the um, the world of the dead we could have done some some Doctor Who running yeah. into Satan stuff yeah. my bad guys <laughs> am I allowed to be chill so in hell anything else? am I allowed to be chill will in hell uh, you know <laughs> I, if you want to go I guess I mean it's up to you I, okay. well maybe it's up to God I don't know I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if I believe in hell. Speaking of which, before anything else, when we're going to talk about when is the first time you've heard of hell and what is your history wrestling around the idea of the doctrine? So before we talk about like all this other stuff, I feel like just give everybody a little bit of context of, you know, we are a Christian podcast, but we all have various different traditions, different ideas about some important doctrines. So I thought it would be helpful to start with some of probably just to be honest, our bias when we're talking about hell we all are going to have a lot of biases around this because we're going to think something's either really accurate or not depending on our own interpretations of what we actually believe about the place you know i think some secular media have the advantage of not believing in it at all so they could just do whatever the hell they want with it um so so let's let's kick this off with uh with what i think might be the answer that people listening are most expecting christian <laughs> Tell me about, tell me Stop about calling it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Send all your emails to Christian Ashley at Yahoo. Let nothing move you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've already talked about hell there before. Um, so you just want to do like how I first heard about it. Yeah. 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 When, when did you first hear about hell? What are, what are your beliefs okay. around it? Or when, like, what's your history wrestling with the idea? Okay. Yeah. Um, I may be splicing several memories together, which as I get older happens more often, more frequently than I really want to. And I think I distinctly remember at some point in time hearing in church, I was very young, uh, a pastor talking about how, you know, the point of his sermon, it wasn't to be all hellfire and brimstone, but it wasn't, it wasn't also supposed to deny hell like the, at that point. And me being like five or six, maybe this was like before I came to faith. Uh, at that young age, it went to my mom and dad afterwards. Says, "What's hellfire and brimstone?" And they explain the process to me. You know, as much as a, you know, a five and six year old mind can handle the concept. That I was always a very inquisitive child, so they knew how to handle my questions. So, yeah, I think that's the first time I heard about it. Now, as far as wrestling with it, as I grew older, it became that thing of this is what I believe. We'll get to that in a second, I think, for that part of the question. But uh, like, why would God, if He loves us, send people to hell? 
Like, or is it just God confirming their choices and that just being part of who they are? They're always, they were always going to end up there because of who they are and all this. And like, how do I reconcile loving God with, with hell and seeing that, well, God loves, but people also deny him. And that's where I stand there. All right. Well, there we go. Um, who, who's next? Who's next? Let's, uh, we could do it alphabetically. Alphabetically. <laughs> that sounds fun. Then I'll go next. Uh, right. Yeah, man. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know my alphabet guys. I don't know how to read. Um, which is funny because a lot of my thing is going to be about reading. Uh, you know, I, I grew up when those kind of like old, well, most of them weren't country, but I, I did go to a lot of old country Pentecostal churches with my grandparents of different stuff. And I've always been part of that kind of loop growing up. And you hear a lot of the mentality of the pastors I grew up with was kind of more scathing of those people who said who were against hell and brimstone sermons. So, you know, it would always be preachers these days are scared to talk about hell and they think we shouldn't do these kind of sermons anymore. And that's because they don't really like the Bible. And then they'd go on about hell for a long time and scare everybody. Um, and, and for the longest time, I thought that was probably right. You know, I, a lot of times I heard the analogy of, you know, if you saw your kids running into a road and a car's coming, you're not going to politely say, hey, guys, what if a car comes and pull them back? You're going to say, guys, there's a car and yank them out of the road. And I was like, yeah, you know, actually, yeah, checks out. That analogy made sense. As I grew up, I've more learned to see that as, no, we're actually telling people to be scared of the road altogether. <laughs> you know, um, and, and when I had my own kind of, I hate to use the word deconstruction moment. Um, it was, I only just hate to use it because so many people have different connotations one way or the other about it and people assume things too much. Um, but, you know, going through a lot of stuff myself, I, at one point in my life, tried to just do away with the belief of God altogether. And to me, I had to get there logically. I couldn't just decide I was going to give up on it. Read the Bible a lot. It's all what I thought was a lot of contradictions. Then read a bunch of different books about how to read the Bible because I wanted to verify that I saw these contradictions and then learned Maybe I'm not reading this thing right at all. And then my entire like view of faith and perspective of the divine and spirituality has kind of shifted. Um, and now I'm more in a, I, I, I like to call it inerrancy light reading of the Bible. Uh, I think all <laughs> scripture is completely true, but maybe not completely literal. In fact, usually not literal and sometimes intentionally contradicting to tell a bigger truth. Uh, so that's just where I'm at. And when I look at things like hell and I see verses like first Corinthians 15 of, well, just as all sinned in Adam, all are saved. Yeah. Mm. All seems like it means all, but then, you know, you also see places of the dangers of hell and Jesus talking about it. And it's like, well, why would he talk about it? If everyone's going to be saved, that seems weird. And then you also see the eternality of hell. But if you look at the verbiage, it's usually like, this is infinite death, which to me more kind of leans in that annihilist view of they just stop existing. Really, to me, it comes down to just being really hard to circle the idea of an all powerful, all loving God torturing people forever when he could either just eliminate the evil or fix it. And I was like, yeah, the Bible language isn't there for me. And logically, I just can't can't get there. So I, I typically don't really believe in like a, a literal hell, but I'm not so arrogant as to think that I'm a hundred percent correct. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Uh, let's see who would be next. Pang. You know, yeah. Oh, Josh, oh, Elizabeth. Favorite, yeah. I guess yeah. we could, my, I just, my favorite forget. parable that Jesus taught is the parable of the, um, the kingdom of his, like pulling somebody out of a road. That's his, my favorite parable that Jesus did. <laughs> of him pulling people <laughs> out of the road. 
anyway, and could I'm you? Sorry. <laughs> when did you first hear about hell? What's your history with this? Well, I grew up Catholic, um, so pretty dang young since I got baptized as a baby. The little sprinkle. So I can't remember a time <laughs> where I didn't know about hell. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you believe about it? That Jesus defeated it. So mm. So yep. there's no more hell in your belief? I'm saying he stole the keys to hell. And I'm pretty sure he didn't lock it up when he was done. He blew it wide open. So you think there is a hell, like a real place, and it's still there? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Will. I, I, yeah, I like that answer. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, pretty, you know, liberal, Protestant, Lutheran congregation, baptized as a baby, a lot of grace talk. I did not hear a lot of hellfire and brimstone sermons growing up. My probably first like understanding or concept of hell probably came from like just pop culture and like Bugs Bunny cartoons of like the devil and a pitchfork <laughs> and fire and like those things and that kind of like common belief for what's in pop culture or the the default is that if you're good, you go to a good place. If you're bad, you go to the bad place and you're going to get what you deserve, that kind of thing. But whereas in church, um, I'm hearing from my pastor and, and teaching and catechism of like the unconditional love of God and grace of God that um, God's yes is greater than anyone's no kind of, kind of message kind of thing that love wins, grace wins, that kind of thing. Um, where, where I have grown in, in kind of my faith and understanding and belief is, is similar to kind of how, when someone asks me if I believe in God or not, I usually kind of follow up with, what do you mean by God? Let's, let's look at like the term God and talk about that. Cause if you mean like an old man in the clouds, keeping track of like a naughty or nice list. I don't believe in that God, but like I, there's a, the depth to how I understand God um, through the lens of Christ and the kind of Trinitarian understanding of God that kind of get a little depth to that. And so I think when people ask me if I believe in hell, I usually say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by the word hell? And so let's, yeah. let's talk about that. So I think um, as I'm a, probably where I am is a hopeful universalist um, where I, again, like you quoted that scripture from first Corinthians 15, it's like, we're all, we're dead and, and Adam all will be made alive in Christ. That's my hope. But I also acknowledge that the Bible talks about like hell. Jesus talks about hell, talks about this separation between humanity and God. And, and so we have to take that, that seriously and kind of think through what that means and what that looks like. It, I, when I look at Christ and what he taught about hell, usually he's not talking about like, well, if you aspire, you know, if you ascribe to this set of beliefs or say this prayer or, or, or confess the apostles creed, then you're probably going to go to heaven. Usually he's talking about like how you treat your neighbor. And so there's this mm -hmm. like deep connection between us and how we treat our neighbor and that affects our relationship with God. And so it's deep embedded in kind of that separation from God, separation from our relationship with God. So I think hell is, is like separation from God. It's what separates us from God. And, and I go to like the CS Lewis route that like the hell, the doors of hell is locked from the inside that God says, okay, uh, eventually at some point God says thy will be done to us and our freedom and says, all right, if you don't want a part of this, I'm not going to force you manipulate or coerce you to be a part of my love and grace. That's, um, 
you know, that your, your will be done. There's some freedom in that. Um, so there's that tension mystery of the sovereign of God, the freedom of humanity. There, there's a deep, um, I'm going to keep going just a little bit longer. I think when I think about like the old Testament and continuity with Jesus, there's this deep sense of justice. Things aren't right in the world. So there will be justice, um, Things will be made just in the end, whether that's uh, judgment or final God's final say and, and what's just and what's right. And so there, I think hell, if you mean by separation from God or things being made right, then then that's what is kind of tied tied up with each other. I don't necessarily believe in like eternal, eternal fire torment. I think that's just human humans try to wrap their head around what's the worst place you should, could go. Just like I don't think there's heaven's literally streets of gold. I think it's just humans trying to wrap their head around artistic understanding, poetic understanding what heaven's like. So anyway, that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm out there. I, I think we have to wrestle with it because as the Bible talks about it, but I think um, we can go deeper rather than just kind of pop culture default devil in a yeah. work in, in the lake of fire. So. Well, and even what we're going to talk some about today, even a lot of our pop culture stuff does not have just that simple version and I think usually the more interesting stories aren't the simple hell bad. Look at this guy. He's got, you know, horns bad. Um, also, right. those watching the, the the video today have that a special advantage of seeing Elizabeth's uh, not today. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> just just the great irony is just cannot be it can't be yeah, outdone. That's great. Only one of us prepared on today. Well, only in outfits. Well said, I just representing Luffy today because I, I tried so hard to find, is there anything in one piece that I could write off as this is kind of hell? And I was like, I just, I mean, that entire. The you have is Imperial Down, but that's like. A I was going to say the entire Imperial Down arc. Does that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I just, that is too much of a stretch. So I just wore the shirt, you know, still representing. It's okay. So a lot of our. um we've gone a long way just talking about ideas of hell and stuff like that. I do want to go ahead and plug Christian myself and Dr. Ord had a conversation on the whole church podcast. There is the link down below in the description. Um, and we just kind of discussed the kind of different ideas and kind of struggled with it, you know, where I'm like, I don't know if that place exists. He's like, that place is eternal torture. And Dr. Ord is, yeah, there's a hell, but God is pursuing people after death forever and ever until eventually they say yes. And I was like, yeah, that just seems like a, stretch yeah, to me but let me just add one more thing like i see Lewis well. also said like heaven and hell begins like here on earth like in terms of what we experience what we do and and so like a friend of mine a dear friend of mine um is going through a really really hard time and like this week called me on the phone and was like the first thing he said to me was like hell is real man hell is real and so like he feel like he was going through it and i felt really bad i was like yeah man like it's there's something about something off in this world at times where like, yeah, hell is real. This is, this is not right. Where, where's the justice? This is not fair. Where, when does that justice happen or fairness take place? And, and where is God's justice in this? So um, yeah, it, it's not just something in the future. It's something we experience now and what we lean into and grow into part of our salvation begins now. Our, our discipleship begins now. All, all that happens now. What are we doing to relieve it? I think that's what Jesus is talking about, about like the sheep and the goats in Matthew. It's like, come on, like it's it's now. Like it's it's it happens now with your neighbor. So yeah. Yeah. So again, check out that episode. We are going to move on from this the deep theological parts, which we'll probably still touch on some. We're gonna mm -hmm. get into our fandoms. And a lot of our fandoms actually pull from maybe the first fictional, I say fictional very loosely, 
idea of hell coming from Dante's Divine Comedy. One of my one of my personal favorite just things out there. So Devon, Dante's Divine Comedy, a lot of people just know Dante's Inferno, which it's part one of three and it's just the beginning and the point doesn't come around to the, uh, you know, paradise. So if you don't read the whole thing, you're not reading it right. That's just my quick plug. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't imagine. Like, if I wrote something, everybody was like, man, that first third of his work was great. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's what they say about yeah. my sermons every Sunday. That first third. <laughs> man, <laughs> we really like the beginning of what you did there. <laughs> I don't know from the homilies I've been hearing. A free plug there. I'm enjoying them. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. You know, they, they are quite enjoyable, aren't they? Yes. Let's see. Let's zoom in on this. So who all has actually read Dante's Inferno? Uh, I have uh, Purgatorio and Paradiso, read them all forever ago. Very enjoyable. And for anyone wondering, why is it called a comedy? Well, that's just something we used back in the day for something that had a happy ending. Overall, it didn't really take on its form until later on of being funny. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's called Divine Comedy. Yeah. Pretty much every work was either a comedy or a tragedy, right? (laughs) Pretty much. At one point. Yeah. So... I, I honestly, I expected this to just be like Christian me and TJ have read it. So I didn't expect everyone to have read this one. I really, I thoroughly enjoy this. I do actually get aggravated when people have only read Inferno because it it is kind of this, it's about the experience of seeing what happens after life and seeing, using that to kind of put things in perspective for our main protagonist, as well as the reader, I think is probably part of the point. Um, Christian, help me out. You're the you're the literature expert here. What is the purpose okay. of the Divine Comedy? I mean, well, it depends on who you're asking, unfortunately, with a lot of these books, especially with the author no longer around. It's essentially Dante wrestling with a lot of ideas he has, you know, of his faith, you know, of the people he's lost along the way and his personal vendettas against some of the people who were no longer alive at the time he was writing and him like. Honestly, it's kind of a therapy book in some respects, all three of these mm-hmm. showing, you know, I think these people should be in heaven. I think these people should be going through purgatory right now, refining themselves. And I think this person, what well, they should be riding in this layer of hell that I've invented for the sake of my story. And we don't really see in scripture, but you know what? And people took from mm-hmm. that and we'll, we'll get into that later on. Yeah. That's yeah. How Even- I think it. Yeah, even in Pirates of the Caribbean, you have that the reference to uh, mutineers being mm. in like the lowest pits of yeah, and like that's a it's a Dante's Inferno reference, right? Um, yeah, I often make jokes when people are like, "Oh, you're going to hell," and I'm like, "I can't; it's too cold there," and people just don't get it. <laughs> but Satan himself is at the the bottom, I guess. Yes, the the in most inner layer, and it's just ice. He's just frozen. And it's like, because I think the idea is it's because it's the furthest away from the warmth of God, right? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, as you go through, you get to see like worse and worse parts of hell. I think it has some precedent when Jesus kind of talks about like, um, there's worse and greater demons and sins, you know, Jesus mentions that kind of thing. So I think it kind of has precedent in that. But usually the reason it's important is whenever you see hell depicted in places, you'll see like the bosses of hell and there's like this hierarchy. And usually the hierarchy kind of comes from not only a misinterpretation of the Bible, but also Dante's Inferno, where it's like the bad guys are in charge of hell, which is interesting because usually they're the prisoners of hell. Right. Yes. Yeah. Satan's not overlord of hell. He is uh, actually just its key prisoner, which is one thing I do love about the Inferno. Before we move on. You wanted to mention uh, 
one of uh, some of our favorite stories, actually. A few of yes. us really love. You want to go ahead and uh, break this sure. down? Um, I wish TJ was here because I just found out today he really loves this show oh, as well. This, yeah. uh, this image, for those of you watching, is from Over the Garden Wall, which is a bit of a mini series that was on Cartoon Network a couple of years ago. And if you just watch it and watch it, it's a perfectly fine show. But along the way, you start noticing a couple of things. That, oh, this is just, you know, the Inferno for little children and young adults. And it's essentially worked in, oh, what is his brother's name? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. And uh, Beatrice, who Beatrice is also the name of Dante's, you know, woman he uh, was very fond of who married another guy, but she is in the form of a bird for this. And the three of them exploring this strange world where all these things are happening. And it's like, I think there's actually nine episodes too, if I remember correctly. And essentially going layer by layer through hell, but then through a, a kidified lens without being like childish. You know what I mean? Is it is it like just a cartoon or anime? Is it the, is yeah, that yeah. yeah, it's okay. a like I said, it's like a I think it's a nine episode miniseries or thereabouts. And it's the two of them that they're from Earth and they f suddenly find themselves in a strange world. And it's just them uh, going through these wacky towns and places that kind of identify with certain sins. If you're looking at it from that lens, otherwise you can just watch it as a kid's show and it's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird. It's got a lot of like adventure time vibes where if you watch it in one sense, you're like, oh, this is just little boy humor. And then if you actually watch it with your eyes open slightly and are thinking about it, you're like, oh, man, this is this is some deep stuff. Yeah. Uh, younger brother is Greg. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, speaking of hell, I was introduced to this after TJ and Tiffany, my wife, watched the entire thing while I was at work one day. And I came home to just hearing them over and over singing potatoes and molasses. And I'm like, what is going on? Please stop. <laughs> and if you've seen the show, you get it's it is funny. Once I saw it once now, every now and then you are just like potatoes and molasses. <laughs> Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's an oh. excellent show. Well worth yeah. watching. Truly, truly. So now before we get into we're going to go through all of our main types of fandom you know video games tv shows where you've seen hell before we do we got three i say rapid we'll see how rapid they are three rapid questions for everybody um and we'll we'll do it in actual alphabetical order this time so we'll do christian elizabeth myself then will christian i'm gonna do all three for you what is your favorite story that involves hell i mentioned that the last time we talked about uh when we had the convention or uh, demons and ghosts. It's a what if story, and this is jo not Joshua's fault for the image that's <laughs> about to appear on screen. He did. Oh, I wasn't going to uh, show it. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that one right there. Uh, I said what if twenty two, but I didn't specify which volume of what if. This is the second volume. It's like what if Silver Surfer had never uh, escaped Earth or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, not this he, one. <laughs> yeah, not, not this one. Even though it does feature Mephisto, it does. So you there can you definitely go. see why. Yeah. Uh, both What If 22's feature Mephisto. Uh, essentially, Silver Surfer can't escape Earth, like you said back in the day. Galactus prevented him from doing it. He eventually was able to break out. But in this one, he didn't. So he joins the Fantastic Four, uh, helps them with a bunch of their villains, until eventually Mephisto, who has always kind of had a grudge against the Silver Surfer for being like this paragon of what is good, you know, especially in that original series, which, by the way, check out Across the Bifrost, where we just had a discussion for uh, Pastor Will's birthday for Silver Surfer 1. That was really well done. In my opinion, Silver Surfer number four is what. Oh, excuse Thor. me, number four. Uh, yeah. Thank you for correcting Thor me. Thor fights Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. We and had way too much fun with that one. Oof. Yeah. 
And Mephisto just hates Silver Surfer and Norrin Rad for being like this paragon of good. So he traps the Fantastic Four in hell and the Silver Surfer says, hey, I'll let them go if you stay here with me forever. Oof. Uh, Silver Surfer agrees to do that after Johnny Storm is killed because he tries to use it. Hey, my word is my bond. And he means that. But Mephisto's got a Mephisto. So he has him sign his name. Does so. But because Mephisto is so focused on breaking the Silver Surfer, evil stops existing in the world. So like, like you see Captain America giving up uh, his costume, like the Punisher stops, you know, his war on crime because like the Mephisto just had to keep going after the Silver Surfer and he fails because the Surfer is just that pure. He's like, you're never going to break me. That's just who I am. And I think it's a great testament to Mephisto and a great testament to Silver Surfer's character. A, a great what if issue if you guys want to check it out. Nice. I told and you I didn't if- know how rapid this would be. Yeah, what what if Christian, hell, what is the most what if, unique what if okay. hell in the Bible is just a what if story? Okay. Just okay, we'll keep going. Okay. We'll keep what going. is the most unique take on hell you have seen or heard in pop culture? Yeah. Unique take. Uh let me double check my list from earlier and make sure that I'm getting these correctly. I want to say that was the Just say uh, something. No, no, no. No, no. I'm going to be correct, Joshua. It's over the hedge. Okay. What's no the- no, no no no? Oh, it was uh the Hunter's Dream from uh Bloodborne. It's not really hell, but it's hell. For the hunters whose job in this and Bloodborne is one of those you've got to like really pay attention to everything. So I could easily be getting some of this wrong. That's not right. It's essentially a place where, yeah, there we go. Hunters are in an ironic hell where they're continuing to hunt no matter how many times they die, they keep coming back because they become corrupted. And it's a place where they're they're trapped, they can't get out of it, and they just have to keep fighting over and over again. Once again, it's not a perfect encapsulation of hell, but in like the series itself, it makes a lot of sense. Cool, cool, cool. So what about um, the other one? The most accurate depiction you've seen? Okay, yeah, This is an odd one, too, for me to select. This is actually from a Japanese film called Jigoku. I don't think anyone's which, surprised, though. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Where do you find this? It's, Where yeah, do you find this? This is actually from the Criterion Collection, Will. Okay. Uh, this is... A movie, it's been so long since I've watched it, but it has a, like a 10 minute long scene of a bunch of torture and people suffering for the sins they committed in life and everything there. And like, once again, this is a Buddhist interpretation of their version of hell, but also viewed somewhat through a Christian lens. And I, I see the totality of the suffering, the separation from light, from good, from God in this film. It is definitely not something I would watch with children around. There's there's some nudity there. There's some uh, blood and gore there. It's definitely a more artsy film in some respects. So I really enjoy how they interpreted the idea of hell from a Buddhist and a Christian perspective. All right. So now, correct alphabetical order, Elizabeth. <laughs> What's your favorite story that involves hell? And you're muted. You're muted. Yeah, I muted her earlier. She keeps clicking her pen and stuff. It's so loud. Sorry. I'm just trying to stay awake. Uh, does death, <laughs> just being honest, does death note count? Because technically the Shikigami is from I'm in board. charge. Whatever you want counts count. Perfect. Because I don't really dig hell like this. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say death note and it's going to be what it is. Which what is, is death note? It's an anime, of course. Would I choose something I mean, that's I not anime? I knew that, anime? but like. <laughs> I, I was about I to answer about it, but you, yeah. Gosh, give me a second, Josh. Jeez. Anyway, but Josh interrupted me. Sorry, I'm in a mood, <laughs> a very weird mood. So pretty much, the Shigami are kind of like district, like the like the demons in hell or whatnot may not be hell. I don't really know. Uh, they pretty much are in charge of death, 
like a grim reaper, if you will. And so the notebook, notebook of death gets lost into the human world and a human finds it. And then he becomes a death God and pretty much the devil. And it's interesting. I've watched it at least five times in my life. Mm. So it's mm. a good one. I know one anime that, that shows hell that I like. Blue Exorcist. That's it. There's like three I enemies I mentioned. But we talked about Blue Exorcist, I think, with the demon ones. I didn't want to choose yeah. that one. Oh, well, I'm still talking about the same stuff. Um, well, well, you're an original. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Yeah. So what is the most unique take on hell that you have seen or heard in pop culture? So pop culture would be the, it's not an anime, uh, the TV show Lucifer. So pretty much Lucifer was kicked out of um, heaven. And so he's just chilling among us. And so it's very interesting. He is smitten with this little detective and he's helping her solve crime and whatnot. And then he is starting to feel human emotions. And so I didn't watch it all the way through because my very loving pastor husband was like, can you be watching this? And it got boring after a while. But, you know, that's the pop culture thing I can think of. (laughs) Will, isn't Lucifer from DC Comics or is that something else? Vertigo, which is DC. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one. What's the most accurate depiction you've seen in fandoms? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, pass. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Now I'm going to go. I'm learning my alphabet as we go here, guys. (laughs) Uh, my favorite story that involves hell to to literally no one's surprise is Hellboy in Hell. <laughs> Just I, completely the more shy. I reread it, the more I'm like, there's some things that like I question as I go along. Like, do I really like this as much as I thought? And then there's things that like I go back to and like, wow, somehow, even though I talk about this all the time, I still think I underplayed it. So I still think no matter how many times I reread Hellboy in Hell and how much I pump it up. I still feel like I undersell it. It's just, it's the best. I think it might be the best comic book. It might be it. Um, which is funny because I just recently restarted Kingdom Hearts and man, I undersell Ooh. it too. TJ's got to, Will's got to take a shot real quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hellboy in Hell, it's great. I talked about it on our, our Demons episode that we mentioned. Um, you know, I just, I really like, it's probably also the most accurate because it does have that circles from Dante's Inferno, but it also has some of these players as prisoners. You still see some of that hierarchy of like generals and stuff. Um, there's ghosts in hell there. It's interesting. Um, what I really like is how it depicts chaos as kind of the thrusting motive, not, not even motivation, the thrusting principle of the storyline is chaos and how chaos is the ultimate enemy of good more so than the devil or any of that other stuff. So I really appreciate the story. I think it's great. Um, moving on most unique. It's got to be the good place. The way that they handle that also is probably closest to my own view. If I'm going to be honest, because it has a lot of this, Hey, maybe hell isn't very logical. Maybe this isn't good because if we're going to actually judge people on any kind of criteria, either everyone's evil or we're going to have to find a way that everyone ends up in the good place. And I think it makes sense. I like it. We're going to talk about it more going on in a little bit, so I won't stay there too long. Uh, The most the most accurate um, since I don't believe in hell, I just was like, hey, what if I pick something ridiculous and hope really hard that someone talks about it later on? We have the underworld from Disney's Hercules. <laughs> Almost selected this one. God, I, I love it. Um, it's not accurate to our hell, but since I, 
you know, you know, I feel like this hell is probably just as real as our hell uh, to me. So, you know, you have this place of the dead of Hades ruling over it and Hades. It's very funny uh, the way Disney does stuff. It makes it very animated because it's animated. I, I just love how they highlight basically how Hades is just a grown child. Like he's just throwing big temper tantrums all the time. And it's like, it's funny because it's a cartoon. And then you actually read the stories and you're like, wait a minute. Hades was actually kind of like that. <laughs> um, which is also why I'm loving that comic book series right now. So shout out to uh, Disney's villains comics with uh, dynamite. They're great. Right now he's pulling on a heist. He's got Medusa, a few other people he's pulling along. I'm excited to see where that goes. But yeah, I just had to put in a, a funny, funny answer to this and hope really hard. Someone talks about Hades later. Well, that's the funny thing too, for Hades and the underworld is how that got corrupted from the original Greek version by Christianity. Yes. In that sense Ooh. of Hades himself is not really that bad of a guy out, out of, you know, the main <laughs> gods and Zeus and Poseidon, you know, the main three there. He's actually the nicest. And mm -hmm. for, you know, father, husband of the year, I think he only cheated on Persephone like twice, which for like a Greek god is like monogamy. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, that's just where we get. We do get Hades in New Testament yeah. uh, used as a descriptor for hell and hell comes from North Norse mythology and hella hell that yeah. region. Right. Yeah. A little early for recommendations, but Michael Heiser passed earlier this year he was a friend of the whole church podcast great guy he writes a lot of books at, um where he goes really into like the language of the bible and digs into some of the stuff and he shows where if you're looking at the original language of the greek new testament it does talk about jesus encountering some of the gods of death and stuff it's really interesting look into it great read even if you think he's insane it's still really fun to read <laughs> all right will are you ready I'm yeah, ready. yeah, I'm ready. That's, what I'm is your favorite this. story that involves hell? Yeah, just going back a little bit. Like, I think a lot of our understanding of hell is comes from like Greek and Norse mythology and like Dante's Inferno. Whereas, like, let's look at what scripture really says, not like these pop culture or borrowed images from other mythologies. So, I think again, all, all that stuff. So, I'll, so ask me, ask me the questions. I think we're going to go through this pretty fast. Ask me the questions. What was it? Your favorite depiction of hell? Yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> Um, the good place. Yeah, that's a good one. The most unique take? The good place. Okay. And uh, the most accurate? The good place. I was hoping you'd do that. I really was. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. just going to say. <laughs> that That show is so amazing. Like, I will it just say that, like, fantastic. the show leans more into uh, philosophy than it does theology because it, did, it didn't want to lean in too hard oh, to yeah. one specific religion. I think by the time you got to the end of the show, it leaned into Buddhism a lot, which is oh, know, yeah. fine if that's what they want to do because um, sometimes you go that, that, down that direction when you go philosophical or, or attachment and those things, but in behaviors. But, you know, some most of the time we think of heaven and hell as being, like, merit-based, and there's this divine account accounting, and if the scale one way, then you're going to be sent away. I, I don't think that's how God operates or relationship or love or grace um, operates. So that's why that understanding of hell is not a part of um, what I what I believe. But I, I do think what that show wrestled with in terms of what does it mean to have a good life or not to be tortured in this life or what is the human condition and then how we love one another and how we're attached to one another and how we live in community with each other and, and friendship and this all tangled up together and how we do life together is just absolutely brilliant. I was not going to watch that show because – when when like Hollywood or TV does like theology, it's gonna run out of time. Stuff to say about it by the time we get to it, 
Yeah, I, I, I just like, I don't want to be judgy. I don't want to feel that way. But then my yeah. daughter was like, Dad, you got to watch the show. It's your kind of comedy and there's a twist and you need to watch it. And I was hooked like two episodes in. I was like, this this show is brilliant. And it, it, it's one of our family favorites all the way through. So good place all the way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much of mine before we actually start talking about the good place. But also the... Uh, I, I feel like part of why it has that kind of like Buddhist ending because a lot I think a lot of shows do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's safer, honestly. Yeah. I feel like just thinking about it from like a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. if they showed God or Jesus or something, they're going to upset a lot more people than yeah. if they're just like go this kind of Buddhist route that's a little bit more vague and not showing any religious figures. Yeah, I feel like it's just yeah more a marketing thing, really. Yep. Okay, I agree. So the rules of the game going forward. We have six different genres of media. Everyone can pick two and only two. And you can pick your top picks in those two to talk about hell from. So here's the six. I'm going to make you all tell me what you're going to do and commit to it. We have movies, comics, manga, TV shows. Manga is also anime. It's fine. TV shows, video games, or other literature. So like books and stuff. Doesn't matter. Um, So those are our six. I'm trying to think. I think I'm going with, I think I'm going with TV shows and video games. If anyone tries to take manga and anime away from me, I will just log off now. Well, no, that's no, just no. one. And yeah, also, yeah, you can double. We could all technically no. just pick the same two. Okay. I'm just saying manga is one, anime is the other. So well, those are both one. Nope. <laughs> yep. Don't, nope. don't, don't force her to say log movies. off. Joshua. Don't force her to log off. Come She's on. doing anime slash manga and movies so that she could talk about uh, Hades. Um, Christian, what are you here to? I'm picking anime and Western animation. That's you could do anime and TV shows. <laughs> Will, I love how we're y'all keep trying to pick things that aren't in the six options. This is Joshua's hell. This is Joshua's hell. Us creating that's right. There you go, Austin. Hey, someone said I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Trust, what? Trusted friend of the show. About Austin what? <laughs> Everything. Everything. <laughs> Austin's fired. All right. Well, that man is a valued patron. You leave him alone. That's right. <laughs> what? What are we? Okay. Did Chris picked his will. Did you say which two you're going with? I no, assume TV do, shows. Um, so you can do I'm a good do place. TV shows and other literature. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So Just then, so I can talk about good place again. That's what I'm gonna do. I don't, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about yet. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, so no one picked movies um, then. Oh wait, no, one of us picked movies. Uh, is Elizabeth? Tell us about Disney's Haiti. He's a guy with cool blue hair. Kind of have a, a complex mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to roll over everything, but you know mm-hmm. Zeus says no, and Hercules fault. Mm-hmm. So he did not. Also, win. easily one of the best worlds in uh, all the Kingdom Hearts games. Solid answer. Oh, I yes. appreciate that. Also, no, will, no, she said I will, that. <laughs> I will say this fact every single time because I feel like the world needs to know that the news was almost Spice Girls. That's awesome. Also, the music yeah. in Hercules is just the absolute best, but that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Great sound. Yes, but yeah, that's pretty much what Haiti does. He's ruler of the underworld. Underworld. That pool of souls is still kind of creepy. Like that creeps yeah. me out as a child. Fair enough. All right, TV shows. Will, I'm going to I'm going to start this one off if that's OK. Yeah, go for it. One of my all time favorites. <laughs> Supernatural. I love the show. Somehow we haven't done a full episode about Supernatural yet. Um, We've got the it. show starts off and it's Sam and Dean and they're 
trying to find their dad who's lost. It's all about them kind of seeking revenge for their mom who was killed by a yellow-eyed demon. In the long run, they get pulled into the book of Revelation from the Bible is happening in real time. They end up meeting the devil. They end up meeting God, but not knowing it until 12 seasons later. <laughs> oh, this doesn't happen in season one. This is in season 12. Oh, when they meet God. Oh. Hell happens. It, I think well, I don't think they go to hell to like season three or four. They meet him earlier, but we don't know that. Yet. Yeah. No, they meet God in like season two. They just don't know it's him. Yeah. But haven't we all met God or, or not she, known that it was it, him? Yeah. yeah. Probably. <laughs> Supernatural's um, cosmology is all over the place. Go that's ahead, true. That's very true. Um, but <laughs> there's a lot of hierarchy to hell here. And the for some reason, the way it works, whoever is playing, whoever either is God or is ruler of heaven, all of the souls in heaven power them for some reason. And all of the souls in hell power whoever's currently ruler of hell. When the show starts off, Satan is in a box. He's trapped in hell. So someone else was ruler of hell. I think Azazel was originally ruler of hell. Um, And at different points, my main man, my favorite demon ever. (laughs) Sounds so funny to say. We have Crowley. And of course, Listen, Crowley from Good Omens, David Tennant, fantastic, beautiful. Yeah. That show is honestly way better than Supernatural. But Crowley from Supernatural is just so much fun. Like, I can't get over how much I love him. It, when he becomes ruler of hell, the first thing he does is he's like, you know, I don't like all the fire and chains and everything. This is gross. I know a better way to torture people. It's a little bit cleaner and neater. He turned hell into a giant DMV. <laughs> Just, yeah, I yeah, love him. I love him. It's perfect. And you see here, it's like next in line. It's like sixty-six trillion, hundred fifteen <laughs> billion, and like you know, it's like this crazy number. He's like, yeah. And you know what happens when they get to the end? They go back to the end of the line <laughs> for eternity. Very Crowley yeah. way of getting things done. God, Crowley is just so much fun. I, he always has some kind of card up his sleeve, some kind of like sly, clever way that you're like, oh, that's not so evil, and then you're like. Oh, wait, that's way worse than the fire and brimstone we were talking about. <laughs> when, when, you know, you see some other people, Dean's tortured in hell, you see Lucifer doing it, and it's very, you know, what you expect. People are literally have chains going through them, getting eyeballs plucked out, fingers cut off, fingernails ripped out. They get, like gruesome stuff. And then Crowley comes along and he's like, hey, we're not going to do that. Long DMV line. And people's like, oh, that's not as bad. And then slowly you see where people are like, no, this was way worse. Because at least the other way, you have something stimulating you. There's nothing, just absolutely nothing. And for eternity, eventually, that becomes worse. Yeah. So how I, did he put it? Like some people were actually masochists, enjoying the pain. No one loves yeah. standing in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a very Crowley. And the thing is also because the way he did ran hell, he did business is actually what you'd have to say. He was just much smarter than the other rulers of hell. Usually when in this world, when someone's been in hell long enough, and I think a lot of people think stuff works this way, they can become a demon sort of depending on circumstances and yada, yada, yada. The way it was set up with like the torture, they'd have somebody else learn to torture. And it was kind of that Crowley sets his up because he wants bureaucrats running hell. He wants people who are going to be true to their word because then more people will make deals with the demons. He's like, if we're honest, more people will make deals with us and more people will end up in hell. So he kind of runs things completely differently. And it's it's just really funny to see where you're like, huh, good guys make for way worse bad guys than bad guys do. (laughs) Because he's like, he's just good enough that he makes hell efficient. 
and somehow that's scarier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian, do you want to add anything to our supernatural hell rant? Because somehow we haven't had a whole episode on this yet. Yeah. Uh, th- their interpretation of hell, along with many things religious in the show, uh, runs the gamut from uh, close to uh, completely out there. And the whole like humans becoming demons thing, that is a common thing. And it's de- definitely something shared in the show. You're just tortured enough and you get a deal, you become a demon. So you get to be one of the tortures. And after season five, like Supernatural had already lost its mind, but in a good way. After that, it's kind of like we've lost our mind. We're gonna. This is a cash cow franchise. Keep making money. And what what did in the fifteenth season? I gotta disagree with part of this. There's fifteen seasons. So the first five seasons, you're right about. That's like its own masterpiece, and you can tell that it was meant to end there. The way season five ends, it's like. And if you stop there, beautiful, great. The next five seasons, you know that you're just in this because of the characters, and that most of the actual story is just kind of repetitive. But the last five seasons becomes its whole new beautiful art piece again. It's just, have you lost your mind in those five seasons in between? <laughs> you know, it's a if you if you could get through those and actually appreciate the last five, they're great. Oh, but I getting through that middle five is hard. <laughs> yes. Maybe Crowley directed the show from season six to <laughs> ten. <laughs> but yeah, near the end, Lucifer has a son, and that's when the story starts getting interesting again, I think. But that middle bit. You're just only there because you're like, you know what? I like this weird bromance that Crowley in uh, Castiel, the world's favorite angel has. Quick plug. <laughs> the reason I started watching this, I had, a, which, you know, much like One Piece, I had a friend tell me that there's a character that was just like me. And it was so funny because it's just Castiel. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> Castiel just keeps <laughs> doing stuff because he has no idea what humans are really like. He's just oblivious. And content warning. <laughs> Parents, mute this for a minute here. <laughs> At one point, he's with the boys, and Dean is, you know, he a, a womanizer, so he has some porn videos, and Castile's just watching what's on the TV, and he's like, huh, if the fireman really loves her, why does he keep spanking her? <laughs> like, what? Is, like, it's just so funny because he's so oblivious. And he starts becoming human in the weirdest ways. He tries to get drunk at one point. And he shows up and it's like the the Battle of Babylon and Castiel shows up and he's like stumbling like, what did you do? Are you drunk? I found a liquor store and I drank it. <laughs> the whole thing. It's just Castiel trying to learn to be human is one of the absolute funniest things. It's a great show just for those two characters. They're fun. Are we ready? Are we ready to uh, <laughs> to move on to a different show? Yes. Yeah, probably. Oh, actually. Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a couple other quick plugs before you we get to good place, Will. Okay. Disenchanted, also great. Just a very classic kind of version of hell. I just finished the last season. You get to see a redemption arc that involves a demon throughout this show. It is so good. They they challenge what is the purpose of God? How does God let things go on this way? They talk about sovereignty. Like it's an oddly theological show. It's basically Futurama if it was theo- theological and it's yeah, going to end five seasons. It's a, it didn't go on too long. It kept short seasons, kept to a good story. Talked a lot about faith versus science. It's good. It's good, man. man. That sounds up my alley. It, I think I really think you'd like it. The, okay. the, fun, the humor is, I think, you're humor too. also Futurama has robot hell. I'm just mentioning it because I've I've always been perplexed. I've always been perplexed. Like, did this just happen because robots are sentient? Did it just happen supernaturally? Or did mom who made all the robots go, 
when robots die, they should go to hell. So let's build robot hell. Like, how did this happen? I just think it's funny. Christian, you said this was one of yours too. Did you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, just briefly. It's a very fun interpretation of hell. It's obviously not taken very seriously, but I I do like the implication. The only reason a robot can go to robot hell is if they accept the the robo uh, religion. Oh yeah, the robo religion. Uh, and like that, that, that stipulation just tickles me. It's like, oh, well, if you only think hell exists, then that's the only reason you're going to end up there. Obviously, I don't think that's true, but it's from a comedy series that's funny. And the fact that it's God, in New it Jersey is. too, like the easy joke is there, but it's it's still funny. Oh yeah, and of course, uh, Bender actually does beat the devil in a fiddler match down in Georgia, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, anybody else have anything with Futurama or Disenchanted they wanted to bring up? No. No? Okay. Then then Will, we're finally there. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you start this one off. What is the good place? You've already talked about it some, but like what is the basic premise going in? How do you sell someone on this? Yeah, okay. So first of all, I just gotta say, like part of the reason I love systematic ecology is hearing Joshua talk about things he thinks is funny and then giggling about it and then keep it on going like that. <laughs> that's part of the charm of the show. And that's kind of oh, why I'm here. Thank you. The Appreciate other part that a little bit a w- little while ago, Christian said um ironic hell. And I thought that phrase uh was pretty funny. And I think that's the name of my death metal band that's gonna sing the entire book of Job um at some point. Yes. So ironic hell is like gonna be my death metal band name so i wrote that down as an idea um the good place i don't know how much spoilers you want to do like there is a twist it goes deep i don't i don't want to spoil in case you've never seen this show i don't want to spoil the like the twist just, just and the do surprise a, do and a the quick thing. warning skip ahead yeah, a bit. spoiler so i should spoil it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they've been warned skip ahead there uh, a EPC? couple minutes you've seen five it? minutes i mean it's been out long enough I feel okay. I feel like once something has been out for a little bit, yeah, okay, right to be mad, it's gone. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So um the whole premise is that um Eleanor is sent to the good place, but it's a case of mistaken identity. And she f- realizes that she's not supposed to be there and she has to pretend like she she deserves to be there because she's just like uh, a jerk of a person, self-centered person. And again, like most depictions of hell is like in pop culture is like torture and punishment. And we're going to rip your you know, skin off and burn you alive. And and again, that's not my version, the version of hell. Like I don't think a loving God <laughs> would just torture someone because they, they, they just didn't act nice. You know, I, I have kids, like I want my kids to act right. I punish them because I want them to be the type of people that, that they should be in the world. And it all has like a purpose of a loving purpose behind saying no, or go to your room, eat your vegetables, those things anyway. Um, so, so like she finds herself in the good place because, um, but it's a case mistaken identity. She has to pretend. And eventually you get to the end, the big twist I did not see coming. I don't know if anybody else did. I did not see it coming when she says, holy forking shirt balls, we're in the bad place. This is not the good place. So like the whole thing is a setup to torture these individuals or to in this loop of they don't deserve to be in the good place. They they are like turned inward or have something about their personality or characteristics that is just flawed. And so they're really in a bad place for this like 
this 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 demon has come up with a new way of thinking about about hell uh to where like you're not in heaven where you're eating ice cream you're in a place where it just has like yogurt and so it's like okay it's kind of like it but it's like not the real thing so uh the authenticity of it and it, it reminds me of a, something i'll talk about later one of c.s lewis's work i i promise folks like i love c.s lewis but it's not the <laughs> only writer i read it's just like yeah there's a lot of other great stuff other than c.s lewis but the great divorce we can talk about that later uh, what is real and authentic and so Again, the the good place is a if them this group of friends or become friends, who be, who become connected in a way that they begin to understand and learn that they missed the gift of life because they were jerks or they were focused on the wrong things. And I think that's what hell the depiction of hell is not necessarily like Hellraiser. You're being torn apart by fish <laughs> hooks or whatever. It's Ugh. it's like you're inward. You're you're inward, so inward, you can't see what the gift of life really is, a gift of relationship or love really is. And that's what this show really goes deep into. And um, along the way, it's, it's hilarious. Like, you know, there's a place for hell for those who, <laughs> place in the in hell for those who say, man, I need a vacation from a vacation. Or, <laughs> or they look at women and they say, you need to smile more. Or like those little things along the way, like let, let's really have a commentary on like life and what's going on uh, in a comedy way. And, you know, they, they use like a philosopher out of Clemson as a, like a consultant to talk through these philosophical concepts and ideas, which I thought Clemson was sucks. It's pretty cool. Um, their philosophy department is pretty good if they're helping write the good place. Uh, so that's there's a special I, place in hell for Clemson fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate to wow. tell that to people, but I think it's true. you got to go to a good place and watch them win the national championship fan. over and over again. So you learn how to be more, no, better human so being. One of the things I did, I really, I really liked about this. And of course, my, my, see, I'm inherently like, in universalist light, I think. <laughs> so some of my universalist trends, um, you know, there's a place where Paul, and I'm going to pull some C.S. Lewis here too, where Paul talks about, how it was counted righteous to those even who weren't Christian for the good works that they did, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you also see that in C.S. Lewis. You know, when you get to the final battle, there was someone of a – I forget what the what religion it was – of a different religion. But yeah, it was – what he did was counted as worship towards Aslan because it was in the spirit of Aslan, right? So right. I, I really think what's interesting here is – you choose hell, right? Like hell is psychological. Also, he talks about like the shirt balls and all that. It's because in the good place, you can't say cuss words. And I think that was part of the torture, right? You're was there's this right. dogmatic yeah. stuff put on these people where they can't feel like they're allowed to just be themselves. And that dogmatic trend that we see in a lot of religions actually creates hell for a lot of these people. And you also see like just in... The way things are set up where you feel like, oh, I'm supposed to like yogurt, but I don't really like it that much. Maybe I <laughs> don't belong here. Right. So you start like getting self-conscious. You start doubting yourself and that can create a hell. You even have. um, oh, Why can't I think of his name? Cheaty. 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 Yeah. yeah. Cheaty, who was just so intentional about always making the right action that he never made actions. And that was counted against him. And that's why he's in actually in the bad place even though he thinks he's in the good place and he should be right he's an ethics professor he knows all the right things but overthinking it kept him from being there for his friend from his family so you see how hell is something we create for ourselves and something that we choose and I, I, that's one thing i just i i love that about this show and i love also, how 
Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, I love how they deconstruct that in later seasons because they go to figure out, okay, so who is making it to the good place? Nobody. Nobody's making it to the actual good place. Why? Because in today's day and age, you know, you go to buy an apple and you accidentally supported a farmer who was hiring slaves. You accidentally supported this guy who was doing this that hurt these people over here. And everything's so interconnected. You never know what you're supporting, what evil, unintentional evil you're doing. And the Bible talks about unintentional evil. You know, the Israelites had to make sacrifices for that. So it's a very real thing. It's just interesting to see that we as humans in our human condition create hell. And how do we choose life is kind of the question it presents. I don't know if I love the answer that came away with the end. Right. But I love that they put the question out there for people to really see it in a unique way, I think. Yeah, they had to land that plane somewhere, you know, but I think, you know, they, they make this offhand comment, like in terms of all the religions, like the first episode, like, well, which religion got it right? It was like, nobody really does. They're all kind of a little bit right or wrong, except Doug. He figured it out. So there's just a picture on the wall of like Doug. And <laughs> that um, was but great. eventually later seasons, you meet Doug and you get to see like what he is about, and what's going on and how he figured it out. And, and that whole episode it wrestles with like merit based, behavior based mm. stuff. And I was getting texts from like, friends and long locks friends are like, did a Lutheran write this episode? Did you see the episode? Did you like this term mm-hmm. saved by grace and like not merit based or like those kinds of things. I was getting texts from folks going like, Hey, I think a Lutheran pastor or theologian helped write this episode in terms of whether we mm-hmm. deserve things or not. So it was, it, it's just, I thought it was super smart, super funny, right up my, my like potty humor on one end and Bortles, <laughs> you know, to like deep philosophical questions. Elizabeth, you've seen it. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, what's your take on The Good Place? You you made me spoil it for people out there who haven't seen it. So what's what's your take? What was your attraction to the show? Um, my husband watched it and I sat beside him because I'm a good wifey. But um, Christian, why is that so funny? <laughs> I, it, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised that's the answer, but I am. It tickled me. <laughs> so, yeah. So I watched it. I mean, it was interesting. I liked it. I felt like, what's it called? The black guy was a little annoying. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm going to get canceled now. Dang it. And so was the Indian girl. Like hey, It wasn't happy. me first. Dang it. <laughs> no, like, so I mean, like, it was just so like, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really into it, but Hubs watched it, so I watched it. So I didn't I did. hate it. I really enjoyed all their character progression because I, I agree about um, what's her name, Will. So we don't keep saying people's yeah, ethnicity. Yeah, the race. God. Oh man, not I Eleanor. Mean, I'm I bet too. Chidi, Eleanor. You have um. Well, her the other the not Eleanor girl of the group. Who, yeah, my favorite was the quiet guy who um he was also confused and so he just stayed quiet. I was like, this is the smartest <laughs> man. And until the end, until you know yeah. he starts becoming loud and obnoxious, then he's great. Right, right, right. But then at the beginning, um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was interesting. Yeah, I. One, the other thing when you you were talking about the the guy when they went to see what is, what he was doing that for the merit based stuff, I. It's funny. It reminds me of a lot of like Christian. I've had this conversation a few different times. Is how we try to do you know the best we can, not supporting businesses that we don't like that kind of thing, but you don't do it to the extent that you're not able to live life anymore because he was trying so hard to do stuff. Like he didn't want to step on a bug. He didn't want to eat certain types of food, you know, and it was, it was to the extent that he wasn't living life to its fullest, which of course I'm going to have to quote my favorite Bible verses. You have Galatians five, one, and it's coming at the end of this where Paul is criticizing people for being overly legal and also criticizing people for being a slave to sin. And he goes, it is for freedom. We have been set free. Therefore do not go back to bondage. 
hold on to your freedom. And it's just this like powerful statement of, hey, yeah, sin, I mean, that can keep you captive. You know, all we see, you know, Eleanor being so self-absorbed, she wasn't living life to our fullest either, right? Right. Chidi being so much about ethics and trying to make the right decision all the time, he could never make the right decision. He was also a slave. And Tahini, uh, Tahani, yeah. uh, uh, with her sister. Ah, there we go. That's have, her name. That's yeah. the and, girl's name. Oh, and then Jason, that. Jason Mendoza. Yeah. Who's yeah, like they were big, all... His big thing is he's a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. That boy, that's hard. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's rough. Then, that's the only um, Florida team I won't cheer for. Hey, he has I, a Clemson I, player on Don't let my sister-in-law hear that. Yeah. Yeah, he's Trevor Lawrence. Guy, listen, you know. I'll cheer for any Florida team except for if they have anyone Clemson there, and that's in pros. In college, you know, I, I'm not going to cheer for the Gators. That's just that's too far. Um, <laughs> but the um, what were we even talking about? Let me let me you think just here. said her name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all be, they were just all being a slave to something, right? Like uh, I think yeah. I think Eleanor and Chidi are like the most obvious examples of being self absorbed or about the rules. But like even Tahini, you know, she was trying to do right actions, but it what it was really for her own yeah. to build herself up, right? And you have um, the other guy whose name I forget, Jason, Jason Mendoza. Yeah, he he was just. It was just hedonism. It was all like life's pleasantries. Is what he was like. He was not able to move past just wanting more. And it's just interesting how the show presents how we're all slaves. And I just, how unless it's a Christian show, they're not going to deliver the answer that I want at the end, but right. I do like how they put the question out there. Yeah. All right. Show, if you haven't watched the show, some of the comedy is that Jason Mendoza died because he went into a safe and he brought a snorkel with him because that would help him get oxygen, yeah. but he didn't realize he had to have the snorkel outside. <laughs> I think really he might have just existed to show that we're not just tackling intellectuals because, you know, they were making Chidi out to be like, that's not the way to go. And I think they were trying to say, yeah, we we don't mean that we're anti-intellectual. For example, here's what happens when you are. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ooh, okay. Good. For shows, does Christian have any other shows before we move on to the next? Uh, yes, that would be uh, Dragon Ball Super's interpretation. Of that, you're going to have to wait till manga and anime. Oh, you have to oh, wait till manga sorry. and anime. I misunderstood completely the question. <laughs> Any other TV shows that aren't manga or anime? <laughs> you good? Okay. So let's see. We did that. We did movies. No one picked comics this time. Let's go ahead and move on to manga and anime then. Christian, go ahead and start where you were about to be at. Oh, yes. So, so I chose Frieza's. Uh, once again, I'll use the term ironic hell in Dragon Ball Super. Where Frieza, for those not in the know, he is a global, excuse me, a universal tyrant who has uh, taken over planets, sold them off to other people, and basically is one of the strongest beings in the universe and hasn't trained a day in his life until he meets uh, Goku and friends on Namek, is killed the first time, and we see him in hell not being tortured or anything like that by, you know, pitchforks or what have you, but actually being stuck on this tree as he watches a bunch of cute and cuddly little critters just, you know, having fun, singing songs. And that is the antithetical <laughs> thing he just cannot deal with. Like he is enraged day after day of seeing people being happy and him not being able to ruin their fun. He He's not a, he's not a card carrying villain, but he he's very close to the point. Of you know uh, doing evil for evil's sake, and the fact that he cannot stop this happiness, this joy from happening every single day because it repeats on a loop, just drives him up the wall crazy. That when he's given a chance to come back to life, 
and for good this time around. He's doing everything in his power not to die again so that he doesn't have to suffer through that. I, I got to say, I know nothing about Dragon Ball. So when I pulled this picture up. I was like, Spider-Man beat up an alien. <laughs> so your, your description was way more entertaining. <laughs> he's just stuck in this cocoon and he can't get out. He can't move. All he can do is move his head and just be angry. And Beautiful. it's exactly what he deserves. Beautiful. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, did, did you have any other anime or manga you wanted to bring up no, before we let Elizabeth? All right, Liz, take us away. What what anime or manga has hell that you want to talk about? Well, okay, once again, not sure if this is hell or not, but it's fine. We're going to talk about it anyway. So it's similar. It's more similar to Purgatory, but it's not really Purgatory. So it's called Death Praise, and it's very interesting. Be interesting. So it's pretty much Christian. Have you like watched this? Yes. Your head. It, it, okay. Yeah. It, it's basically like choosing where you're going to end up based on yeah. playing some games. I love it. Like gamble with my soul so it's pretty much people's like last ditch effort uh it's always two people and so they usually they somehow died together but they're kind of wiped their memories are wiped of how they died really so they don't understand where they're at so they come into this elevator and they are greeted by a bartender and it's like what can i get for you and they have to play a game and their soul is on the line and so a lot of the time the game will reveal the character of their soul and it will decide if they are going to go for reincarnation or pretty much the void. They just cease to exist. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of like purgatory, but not really. So it's almost like a hell because it's psychological, like it tortures them like one last time. What's the name of that one again? Death, Death Parade. Parade. It's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. okay. And then there's a there's like a little twist at the end you didn't see coming either. But I'm not going to say that because I'm like, well, I don't want to give spoilers. Oh, my gosh. Was, dude, <laughs> oh my God. I feel like she has to now. Holy forking shirt she off. You, you wouldn't really understand the spoiler or appreciate it without watching oh, it. So that's I, fair. It wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything to you, the spoiler. That's fair. That's it's like. Not um, really, it's not giving yeah. away the ending or anything like that. It's just like a little side like, oh, shoot. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was uh, I was playing Kingdom Hearts. 365 by two days, something like that. I forget what it's called, Christian. <laughs> but 358 uh, over two. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah. When I was first playing it, because I never got a DS or anything, I had to wait till they did like some of those remakes where it was packaged in with the other games. And I had just met Tiffany when it came out and she got to hear me talk all about, like, oh my God, I can't believe that's actually why this happened all along. And she's like, huh? <laughs> I was like, isn't that such a huge <laughs> twist? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and then but, you, know, you also, this is what it is. For another anime, it's called Hell's Paradise, but I that's a stretch. So they pretty much find this island and thinking this island is where the gods live, but they really discovered hell. So since I feel like it would be more of a stretch because anyone can stumble upon this island. So it's not like a gate you go through, but it has hells yeah. in the name. So I'm mm. counting it too. It's more like this mystical realm of, you know, if, you know, Atlantis or something like that were actually real and the people in charge were uh, very, very evil. Let's put it that way. Dude, I like it because they have like some deformed gods like wandering mm. around. It's it's very, very fun, fun. and gory. <laughs> Did you have any other manga or anime you wanted to bring up with this? I am done speaking for the moment. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I was somehow the only one who chose video games. No, none of us chose comics, which is funny because one of my video games picks was because I was like, someone else has already talked about this in comics section, so I'm going to do this as a video game. And I'm now I'm like, man, side. I'm just jealous. aside for the comics. I, I think I, it's I weird. Comics. <laughs> I know. I was I was going to. I just think it's weird that like a lot of the comics, like the demons become like actual heroes, like Ghost Rider, Hellboy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, yeah, I think well, demons uh, wanting to do good, but trapped. Yeah. I, I, watch a uh, disenchantment. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned earlier. Yeah, man. Um, also, since you mentioned Hellboy, I just got to say the reason Hellboy is trying to do good. This is like the whole reason Hellboy is interesting to me. Mm. When he was born, his mother, who was impregnated by one of the highest generals of hell, was being tortured refused to do the stuff said a prayer got saved the moment she gave birth and at that second the baby shoots up to earth that's who hellboy is so fascinating yeah um i'm the only one who picked video games i gotta mention diablo not specifically too this is just one of the pictures that came up but (laughs) i i I think the series is interesting. I haven't played a ton. I'm mostly mentioning it for the sake of uh, our good friend, Nick Polk. It's one of his favorite series. Um, but basically, you, my understanding, I just, you know, to me, sometimes I play video games. And I just smash things. But <laughs> my understanding, you basically, you are playing through the nine realms to get to hell. Whenever you're in hell, you fight the ruler of hell who isn't Satan. I think his name is actually Diablo, right? Or is your name Diablo? And I, I don't know. But you're fighting through the different layers of hell. You get to the bottom. You fight who used to be the ruler. And you your goal is to now become the ruler of hell kind of deal. There, There's the whole three different realms in this world. There's the high heaven, the burning hells. And there's the realm of humans. Some humans are born as uh, necronyphs in this. It, it's a whole thing. I just wanted to mention it for Nick's sake. I don't know enough to talk about this. So I'm going to move on. I really wanted to talk about Mephisto's realm oh, in man. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> I saw this in the pictures and I was so angry at myself. How could I not talk about one of my favorite games of all time? <laughs> Wait, for real? Hold up. Oh, yes. That's why I put my name when are you coming home next? on the topics. When are you coming home uh, next? Not till November. Uh, y'all, stay tuned soon to hear about me and Christian geeking out by playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance together. <laughs> Play through the whole thing. Um, I haven't played the third game yet. I've only played the first two. I, I love the, I love the first one a lot. Fine. I love the first one a lot. Um, you you do. In this Marvel Ultimate Alliance, if Will was ever going to love a video game, it probably would be this. Because all of the bad guys, the League of Doom are together. And through different parts, you know, Doctor Doom's in charge. So you have to go to Latveria. And then next thing you know, you Loki did something. So you have to go up to Asgard. And you end up in Mephisto's realm. And it's all over the place, all these different le- levels. Um, you're in Atlantis for a while. It's great. It's not Atlantis, is it? What's it called? You're in- yeah, you're yeah. in Atlantis. You're also in. You yeah. think you're in Latveria, okay. but you're actually in Murder World. Oh, that's true. That forgot about the spoilers. <laughs> that was a spoiler. That was a good that, reveal, though. It was fun. Hey, that's like almost oh. twenty years old, unfortunately, yeah. at this time. Yeah, I see the. Re- I like this level. The same reason I love it in Marvel Comics. And Mephisto is just he is the devil. Like just the one that we all think about with the horns and everything's always creepy. I think it's fun to fight through hell. Probably true of Diablo as well. P- part of my mentality is there's just something satisfying about being like those who those who want to come up and torture humans or want to make deals and like, you know, trick people into going here and burning and all this stuff. And it's like, 
hey, what if instead there's this really simple solution where I take Cap's shield and punch them in the face? And <laughs> <laughs> something just really satisfying about it, you know? And I like, I like the idea. I think I prefer, of all things, I think I probably prefer video games in Helm just because it's like when I'm doing these, I'm just like, I'm making this complex thing that I like, I honestly I get really frustrated, even if I don't believe in like a literal hell, like I, I get really frustrated with this idea. Can that be one of our next shirts? Uh, I prefer video games in hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wrote on the back of our shirt. Well, it's just the things that frustrate me in life where I wish I could just shake people and them love Jesus and have an easier life, you know, but that's not how things go. And instead I have to watch people deal with their anxiety and all this other stuff, dragging them down. And what if instead there was actually demons causing people to do this? I could just go down there and punch them. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and this part of the game too sets up a really great sadistic choice for the player to make. And that two of oh, the yeah. X-Men have been captured there. It's Jean Grey and Nightcrawler. And like, which one do you save? And that has implications for mm. like our ending reel and even into the next game that comes in of like, if you yeah. chose this person over this person, what happens? Do you want the Phoenix? You have to do you want twice. Professor X to be assassinated? <laughs> you have to choose. <laughs> it's so funny too, because for me, the choice was easy. I want night because you know, I didn't look stuff up, especially when the game first came out. I was too young. I was like, I want to play as Nightcrawler. Let's let's kill that other one. <laughs> Nightcrawlers are my favorites. Who's going to a character so I was going to cool. bring up? Uh, oh, yeah. by the way, Uncanny like Spider-Man and released and today. Really great. Bamps into like oh, brimstone man. hell and then comes back like great ah, stuff. Yeah, he's good. Great stuff though. All right. So that being said, Will, I think I think we're on to you, perhaps. I think For this TV is the shows? only thing left is you talking about uh, other literature. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up like I think C.S. Lewis is again again I do read other people on C.S. Lewis. <laughs> uh, the 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 Great Divorce is like the the book in terms of like this bus trip to heaven or hell and depiction of like what his ideas and in, in terms of what keeps somebody from heaven or not and then what is really true or authentic um, in in life I think is is a great is a great piece of literature that talks about that and, and again screw tape letters is great um Ooh. in terms of like mm -hmm. yes the I'm irony and that. comedy uh around that and and kind of how hell operates or how you can be duped or or thinking or tricked into thinking or be seduced by by things of this world so i think that um that that's good picture. but uh yeah great the great divorce read it if, if you want to like explore like images of heaven and hell that's a good one yeah also definitely read screw tape letters yeah that's a it's one of those things where like you're reading it and you know the, the guy's trying to convince his his nephew like here's what you got to do to drag people down to hell they'll they'll believe this they'll all fall for this one and you're you're reading it and you're like wait a minute i do that all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like oh man it's like it's a gut it's like a spiritual gut punch i tell you man real come to jesus moment i'm so glad you brought that up yeah truly though so Wrapping up our favorite fandoms, I want to get into some like general questions on this stuff. General question on this stuff. Um, what can these depictions of hell and storylines tell us about how other people view Christian doctrines? You know, a lot of these depictions are made from secular film meet producers, comic book writers, video game creators, you know, whatever. Does this tell us something about how they view our doctrine? Do you think? Uh, let's let the pastor start. Will, what do you think? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, again, like is what the the default for religion or just like spirituality or like belief in God or not tends to be like the old man in the sky with a beard that's keeping a naughty or nice list, right? So, and then the depiction of hell is like this place you deserve to go because you're just being being punished. And and again, I think how we understand God, how we understand Jesus is that it's, it's relational. It's, there's a reason Jesus used Abba to talk about God as, as parent or father to, to, it's, it's relational. And so, you know, if I'm in deep love or relationship with somebody else, like torture, punishment, getting back or getting even, the accounting is going to be different. Um, and so, so yeah, that depiction of like, oh, well, it's just a, a God there to force rules and to keep us from doing things we like to do, you know, or, or whatever. Like I, I think that depiction is, which is why I didn't want to watch the good place. Cause I'm like, Oh, here we go. We're going to have this kind of merit based, um, but um, like depiction of a God who just wants like to control our lives. And I don't, I don't think that's what Christianity is about or, or how we understand God's about. So that's, that's kind of where it is. And I think it does using it as a literature piece or a, or a literary tool to get to the root of what it means to be human or what we wrestle with or who we want to be or not be. Um, it can be a good device to kind of think through because we don't want to go to the worst place or go to the, the place where we feel the most darker or alone. Um, so yeah, that's, people go through hell on, on earth, you know, in those yeah. places. So. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot to all that. Um, I think supernatural is a, a bad one really to, to use for this because supernatural didn't just take their own view of hell and run with it. They did thorough research on what people believe. Um, but I, one of the things I thought was interesting, not just supernatural, but a lot of these other ones you see, usually whoever's ruler of hell or like the big demons tend to be conniving want to like trick people, make a deal, get you to choose something over your soul. And I, I think that's something that the secular culture has its finger on pretty well. I think that is hmm. actually some solid Christian doctrine. Um, what I think is more interesting, though, is usually the shows that I watch, if they depict hell, it's usually to say something about what they don't like about Christian stuff. Um hmm. So like The Good Place, I think it did a really good job pointing out a lot of people do feel like what Christians are actually saying is if you do too much bad, you're going to hell. And how do I know if I did too much bad? And I think a lot of the people outside of our churches, that's kind of the message that they see us putting out there. So I think it did a good job of representing maybe what other people are actually thinking when we talk about these things. And maybe we should be more careful about where people are at. Yeah. Um, and then even, uh, you know, I talked about Disenchanted. I can't remember if it's disenchanted or disenchantment. It's one of the two, but I thought it was really interesting because they have God in this show and you know, there's the demon who ends up getting redeemed. He's has these conversations with God. And so does some of the other characters. And one character is shown as kind of usually like a bumbling idiot. And he keeps asking God of like, wait a minute, if you're all powerful, why are we just watching them kill each other? And he's just like asking, he's like this stuff of like, Hey, wait a minute. If you could do this, why is this happening? Or why is this happening, God? Or God, couldn't you have just not made demons? And like, couldn't you have just made a perfect world? And he's asking God all these questions. And I think it's kind of poking fun at what a lot of people hear us saying is that, no, God made us. He could have made everything okay, but instead he wants some people to go to hell. And I think that's a lot of what people struggle with when we're presenting Christianity. If you want people to like come to our faith or not, whatever, I think that's what a lot of people wrestle with is we're trying to tell them there's an all-powerful loving God, but he also wants to send you to hell right now. 
Mm. I don't think that's what a lot of us really mean, but I do think that's probably something people see. And that's something we got to answer when we talk to people. Um, Christian, I know you have a lot to say to that, and then we'll (laughs) throw it to Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think the reason we have such a fractured view of hell and demons in our popular culture is because the church has a very fractured view of demons and hell and that there is no like unified this is what it is and that what some of these things are very open to interpretation obviously i'm going to take the more conservative slant of things for this idea but there are plenty of people who don't view hell in the same way and then you have people on my side who overemphasize hell and the fact that you need to get right with jesus you could walk outside this church right now get hit by a car and die and go straight to hell and like, thank God I've never been in a church where that happened, but I do know they exist because I have people telling me that actually happened. And that yeah. breaks my heart because I don't want people to make a knee-jerk reaction to Christ. I want them, you know, to actually fall in love with the person who made them, not because there is this threat of hell, but because Jesus is who he says he is and he's looking out for us. And the reason the world has that view of, oh, well, hell exists as a tool for Christians to get membership and money. Well, because some Christians in the past have used that improperly to get people into the pews, into the seats, just so they can have more people there and make money. And so we kind of inflict it upon ourselves when we allow that to happen. No one speaks out against it. So no wonder popular culture has all these different ideas that don't align with the actual theology and cosmology of the setting, because we don't even tell them the right one. Preach. And if we do, we mm. misrepresent it. Mm. Man. Okay. So Elizabeth, I'm going to throw it to you. If if the problem is because we're being misrepresented or the doctrines are shown in weird ways or what people are hearing from you know our shows and even maybe from the church sometimes, maybe they're mishearing, is that there's an all-loving God that wants to send them to hell and that's why they can't square the circle of Christianity. How do you respond to them? Yeah. So I think people don't take hell seriously because we they don't take Jesus seriously. And I feel like that's on us as the church because we are easily telling them where they're going to go instead of loving them. But that's just my opinion. And so I also feel like they don't take hell seriously because we as Christians do not show them a heaven that is on earth. And so if they do not understand a loving God and loving and like the freedom we experience, especially like Because I think about kind of what I have gone through and whatnot. And most people, even if they're Christian, they'll use that to almost be like, here's my cross. Look what I'm bearing. Oh, my gosh. Woe is me. I'm, you know, like sacrificing for God, suffering for the kingdom. And no, it says like we should have joy and live like heaven is on earth. And so because we are such a misrepresentation of Jesus, they treat hell as a joke because they think our Jesus is a joke. So that's just kind of how I feel like the culture. So, I mean, culture is doing what it does best. It's trying to get views and money. Hmm. I guess. I think usually the cult, or at least the shows that we're talking about, are probably really onto something. But that's just. But me. if they don't have I views like and money, it gets criticisms. canceled. That's true. That's true. It's all about the money. Will, how do we respond? People wrestling with these questions of a loving God sending people to hell and what they see the church saying is, yeah, he wants people to go there. If you're bad enough, that's what happens. If you don't believe exactly our way, then you're out. And this is what it's like. How, like, since hell is such a turnoff for so many people, 
How do you address it if people who aren't Christians come to you and ask you about it? Hmm, that is a good question. I, again, I think hell has, as we talked about, hell is used as um, a fear tactic or spiritual terrorism towards people to manipulate them, to get them in pews or get them what we want to do and, and or like people control. I mean, I think the medieval church, you know, uh, leaned into that pretty, pretty hard, you know, and kind of the nine realms of hell and all that stuff is none of it's biblical. And they didn't talk about that at all. There's just kind of imagination of how we, um, you know, are, are trying to manipulate the map, uh, the imaginations of our people to get them to do what we want to do. And I think as, as Elizabeth said, like, how do we, how do we love people and show them the love of God rather than this kind of fear tactic of, of that? But, but then again, I think people know that we live in a world that is, isn't, isn't perfect, that people go through um, a lot of hard, hard things, uh, hell on earth. And, and so, yeah, how do we talk about a loving God or a world that, um, you know, is meant for something more? And I, th I think that's all about relationships and and not going to the default of I'm just going to like go the easy way out and just paint God as a, an old man of the sky or the devil as a demon with a pitchfork ready to stab you. Like I, I let, let's yeah. go deeper. Let's let's think about this in a in a different kind of way and how we understand the world, the universe, and God and and Christ in that. So I think. There's a deeper way. Let's let's go deeper. Um, yeah. And then listen. I mean, I, I think listening to where people are at and, and it's like, why asking again, before you jump to at, you know, do you believe in hell? Do you believe in God? You know, listen to what, what do you mean by those terms in and of themselves? Yeah. Yeah. And just as any fair and just host would do, I'm going to give myself the final word. Um, <laughs> just because I forgot to mention my, my stuff earlier, because really, I feel like I have a, a bit of an easier way out where, I, I, you know, when someone brings some of this up to me, I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily believe in hell. You know, I, I think largely it probably is metaphorical, but let's wrestle with this idea. Let's wrestle with why it's there. And, you know, I, I think you can be saved. You can love Jesus, be saved from your sin, let go and it not be about the afterlife at all. So I try to turn the conversation away from the afterlife. But if we're going to go there and say, hey. Listen, just the same reason I think God cares about politics is the same reason I think that maybe there's a getting rid of evil, whether that means eventually everyone's redeemed or eventually some people have to be annihilated. Um, you know, just like in our own legal system, if someone were to murder your family, are you going to say, well, we don't really need laws. Let's forgive them and move on because we want everyone to have a just life. You know, of course not. That's, that's awful. Something has to be done. That person's going to get locked up. Does that mean taking away from his family? What if it was just a temporary moment of insanity? All these other stuff. Like, yeah, of course. But justice needs to be done. And, and I think as long as evil exists, people cannot have that perfect paradise that we're all striving for. So that's where I kind of fall in this. Yeah, eventually God's got to do something about evil. Is it a literal hell? Is it annihilation? I don't know. But I think it just makes a lot of sense. If we're going to have paradise one day, God's got to do something about hell. And I think we do play a part in that as the body of Christ being the church. That would just could be how I answer that. In all fairness, does anybody want to respond before I go to our wrap up? No. All right. Here we go. No, I'll also just say that people who are listening to this or hear this on the way that if, 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 you know, again, we're not speaking for all of Christendom and our all on denominations. There's a lot of diversity and spectrum on like our families and friends. But, you know, and and so we are open for conversation. And it's not that we feel like we have all the answers, just kind of where we are today. And it's I was a different place yeah. 30 years ago and I'm a 
uh, probably a different place 20 years from now. I don't know. Man, but like, a different place we're, a year we're ago. Open to have, ago. Yeah, like one, we're open to have a conversation around this. So shoot us a message, DM us. We're, we want to have a relationship with you who are listening and a part of our algorithms and circles that we don't want you to just be a, a comment or a, a listener too. We don't see you as a, a you know, mm-hmm. accommodation. Like what let's, let's have a conversation. So we're open to that. And I think I can speak for all of us that if, if you have a question or want to reach out to any of us, we're, we're willing to listen and, and um, yeah, enter definitely. into a, a virtual or real life coffee or meal with you at some point. Absolutely. Much so. Now let's wrap this up. One more thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just All kidding. right. <laughs> you did it. Perfect thanks, timing thanks again. holding back this whole um, time. She actually wants to start the discussion now. So, so <laughs> before we do, before we do any of our other plugs or anything, I just want to remind everybody, if you subscribe on Captivate, Patreon, or the Alizal Ministries Podcast Network, most of our episodes, we'll do a bonus question afterwards. We're not going to do it for this one, but sign up. Lots of bonus content, lots of fun. If you're on Patreon, you get free shirts and mugs, um, separate Discord channel to talk with us all. We love plugging in our patrons like Austin and Russell, all of you guys. Shout out to y'all. We love you guys. That being said, um, instead of doing our normal recommendation, I'm going to follow what's news rules. Everybody can pick one thing we mentioned today as their ultimate recommendation from today's episode. Let's start with Elizabeth. One thing you had to recommend of all of these things. Definitely. All right. Uh, we already know what he's going to say, so let's throw it to Will. <laughs> um, Chris Claremont's X-Men run with magic <laughs> and limbo. Not, and, we didn't mention uh, that one. <laughs> and Inferno. Right. Inferno. Uh, no, 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 the good place. The good place. Christian. <laughs> Uh, to pair all these, I'll say over the garden wall. It's uh, it's actually ten episodes. Ooh, I was wrong, one. not yeah. nine. That um, is a good recommendation, though. A very fun, easy to get in series. Like you can just watch it straight, or you can go with that thought in mind of what it's actually kind of paralleling with its storytelling. Fun series. Oh man! So I'm going to do Kingdom Hearts. Is, yeah, no. So this one, <laughs> this one, honestly, it was it was difficult. I want to say Supernatural. I love it. But because six through 10 seasons were a thing, <laughs> I can't in good conscience make someone go on that ride. If you can stop at five, do it's it. Stop at five. But, it's better for but, your heart. And then watch if you could go from five and skip to 10, do it. But if you're, if you're not capable of that, you've been warned. So I'm actually going to make Disenchantment my recommendation. It plays so much. It plays. It's so in a very fun way. It plays around with theology hell faith in science um what family dynamics mental health it's got some great themes and it's done all in jest so if you want to think deeply about things and also laugh and had some like potty kid humor it's great it's great so i gotta go with that one today that being said guys if you're if you're listening go to spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to your podcast leave a rating and review if you're watching on youtube hit that like and subscribe button really helps us out check out our instagram for our regular post and reels we got uh will doing his comic book pool list every week and of course we need y'all to do one very important thing for us and remember we're all a chosen people a geekdom of priest
This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.